Hello, and thank you for listening to this CD from River of Life Church. If you enjoy this disc, we want to encourage you to share it with a family member or friend. Also, visit River of Life this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. For service times and directions, visit riveroflifefl.com. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Associate Pastor Dr. Bill Jenkins as he teaches from the Word of God. River of Life. Take an opportunity to thank Pastor Henry for allowing me the privilege of coming and speaking to you today. If you've got your Bible with you, we won't be long today, but there is something God placed upon my heart a couple of weeks ago, and it's just eating me up. And I want you to turn to the Old Testament and find the book of Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. My wife and I have been studying the Bible together every morning and uh, going through the Bible together in systematic. I, I recommend that to everybody. But uh, in the process of this, we came across this passage of Scripture, and, and God just won't let me go without me sharing it with you, what He's done in my life through this Scripture. Second Chronicles chapter 25, and uh, for the sake of time, I'm just going to give you a little brief synopsis until we get down to our key verse. A fellow by the name of Amaziah has risen to a place of prominence. He is now the king of Judah. And uh, he begins to look around. And he realizes that, uh, you know, as a king, there, there are going to be others that are going to come in opposition against him. And he wants to meet all the opposition. And uh, so he begins to try and figure out what he's going to do. And uh, he numbers the men of Israel, uh, men of Judah, excuse me. And he finds out he's got 300 men that are fighting men. Now, that sounds like a really good army to me. But Amaziah wanted to make sure that he was able to meet anyone who came against him. And so he calls out to the nation to the north, Israel, and uh, he says, All right, I'm king of Judah. I want to hire some of your people, some of your good men, men of valor, people who know what they're doing when it comes to warfare. I, I want 100,000. And they said, All right. Sound like a good deal? Cost you a hundred talents of silver. No problem. I'm king of Judah. I can handle that. So he hires this, this army. Now he has 400,000 soldiers who are ready to go to battle. And a prophet shows up. Isn't it amazing that God has always got a preacher? A man that's got a word. And the prophet of God came before King Amaziah, and he says, Now, King Amaziah, you've got a good army here, but I want you to know something. You go ahead and trust in me if you want to, and you go ahead and go to battle if you want to, but you need to understand something. If you do it like you're planning, God's going to defeat you. You're not going to have to worry about the other armies. It's God who's going to fight against you because God has the power to raise up, and God also has the power to break down. Well, what do you think we ought to do? You need to send that 1,000 soldiers you got from Israel back home because they have rebelled against God. They're not with God, and God's not going to bless you as long as they're with you. Now, in the New Testament, there's a scripture that says evil communications corrupt good manners. It's very important who you hang out with. Amen? And king of Judah, although he was not a 
really righteous person. He was trying to do right. Verse number 2 says that he did not wholly follow God with all of his heart, but he did try to do some things right. He wanted the blessings of God upon his life. And so in order to get those blessings, he has to get rid of a thousand valiant soldiers. And he must have really been a Jew. Because he looks at the man of God and he says, okay, I'll get rid of the thousand soldiers, hundred thousand soldiers, no problem. But what about that money? I spent a hundred, excuse me, I spent a thousand talents of silver. What about the money? And that brings us to our key verse, verse number eight. And verse number nine, excuse me. The Bible says, And Amaziah said to the man of God, What shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? And this is what God birthed in my heart. And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to do much more than this. Who is God to you? John Phillips, years ago, wrote a tremendous little book entitled, Your God is Too Small. And isn't it the truth? We have this God that we serve, maybe for some people, just one day a week. And we put God in this little box and and we say, now God, we're going to worship you down at the church. And God, we're going to serve you on our conditions. But if you study the God of the Bible, He is more than a God that can be confined into a building. He is more than a God that you can serve just one day a week. He is a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. He is a God who is is so great that even the foolishness of God confoundeth the wisest of men. He's the God who the Bible says created all things. And by Him all things consist. In other words, He not only spoke it into existence, but He's involved in the daily routine of making it all work together. And it all works together for His honor and for His glory. He's God. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 3.20 makes that statement, and they're not going to put it up for right now, but it'll come up there later. He says that our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask or think, and then this statement, according to the power that worketh in you. And uh, for, for such a long period of my time, In my life, I assumed, I thought, I studied and read and came to the conclusion that that power was the Holy Spirit of God. Acts 1.8, the Holy Spirit of God comes upon you, deutimus, power, the Holy Spirit. And that is truth. But it's only truth in part. If you go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9, 
What you find is the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And I ask the question, what is the gift of God? Well, it's God's grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, the fact that Christ was willing to die for you so that you could be saved for eternity. What a gift that is. God committed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We can't get past that. But he says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Where did the faith come from? Is that not also the gift of God? In fact, what you find when you begin to study in your Bible this thing about faith is that Jesus Christ teaches much on faith. In fact, he, he emphasizes the importance of faith so much that he said that if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, smallest of seeds, if you have just that amount of faith and you say unto a mountain, which symbolizes obstacles in our lives, if you say unto this mountain, be you removed unto the sea, it so shall be done. Just, just a monicum of faith. Many times in healing, when Jesus Christ came to someone and they would have palsy, they would have leprosy, uh, they would have a shriveled limb, and uh, he would ask them the question, do you believe that I am able to do this? And they would say, yes, Lord. And Jesus would reply unto them, then according to your faith, be it unto you. Do you understand what's going on? We make our plans, just like Amaziah. We're trying to figure out how we're going to handle what's happened in our lives. We're trying to figure out how we're going to put our marriage back together. We're trying to figure out how we're going to pay bills. We're trying to figure out how we're going to get ready for old age. All of these things are bombarding us daily. And we scheme and we figure. And all of it comes to naught. Can I get an amen right there? Do you know that your whole life can be turned topsy-turvy with one phone call? All the plans, all the things that you think are settled. Oh no, for the child of God. The Bible says that our life is to be a life lived by faith. In fact, it is so important to God that in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, the Word of God says that without faith... It's impossible to please God. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, he, he relates the great story of our patriarchs. Moses, Abraham, Joseph, all of them are listed there 23 times. He makes this statement, by faith. It is simply trusting God to do what God said he was going to do. You got a grasp on that, right? That's not my message. Because in 2 Chronicles 25 and verse number 9, he did not say that God is able to take care of your problems. He said God is able to do much more than this. He is a God of apple supply. He is the one who's able to pay off buildings. He is the one who is able to raise
raise up the sick. He is the one who is able to break the chains and to deliver those in bondage. He is the one who can save a soul for all of eternity. He's God! And beside Him there is no other. Woo! I'm glad I'm saved! You begin to think about God's ability. Oh, let me just share some scripture with you. They're going to put these up there. First and foremost, Hebrews 7.25. The Word of God says, Wherefore, He is able, I love this, to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. He's able to save from the guttermost to the uppermost. Amen? There's nobody too low and there's nobody too high. There's nobody too rich and there's nobody too poor. There's nobody saying sin so much. I had a fellow tell me one time, Preacher, you just don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. Hey, I know a God who knows everything about you and He looked at you in all of your despicableness and says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and the heavy laden. Woo! I'll give you rest. He's God. And He's saved and He'll save you if you'll trust Him. Come to Him by faith. Bow before a holy God and say, God, I repent. And feel the cleansing power of an almighty God sweep over you. Oh, He's able. But He's more than, he's more than just able to save. Oh, my God goes much farther than that. My God is able to safeguard. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12. Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote. He says, For the which cause also I suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know and whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. One of the old men of God was riding on a train one day. And he was there with a fellow that was of the Armenian faith. And, and he was sharing some things with him. And this fellow in particular believed in a salvation of works. Why is this man of God believed in a salvation by grace? And they talked for hours. You know how it is when you get theological minds together. Oh, we, yeah, we, we create a lot more heat than we do light. Finally, as the man of God was getting off of the train, he turned to his brother and he says, you know, there are only two letters that separate what you believe and what I believe. And the other man looked at him questioningly and said, what do you mean? He says, well, I believe D.O. Excuse me, you believe D.O. You got to do this in order to be saved. Got to do that in order to be saved. Got to do this in order to be saved. Got to do that in order to be saved. He said, I believe in D-O-N-E. Amen. (laughs) He's already done what I needed to be done. And by the way, he is ever living at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for us today. Somebody said, well, what if I slip and fall? He's able. He can catch you. He can strengthen you. He can supply all of your needs. Look at what the Bible says, Philippians 3, verse number 21. The Bible says, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. 
You tell me what's going to come against you that can beat you and God. Now, there's a lot of things that can come against you that can beat you. There's some men in this church that can beat you. But if you're standing with God, you tell me who's going to beat God. Amen? Oh, yeah. I, I remember a little boy coming home from Sunday school one day, and uh, he was there with his daddy, and his daddy said, Well, son, what did you learn in Sunday school? And, and he said, Daddy, you're not going to believe what they're teaching down at that church. He said, what are you talking about? So he said, Daddy, they taught me that a man was swallowed by a fish and, and lived three days in the belly of that fish and, and then was spit out on dry ground. Daddy, can you believe they taught that? And Daddy said, well, son, don't you believe God can do that? He said, oh, you're going to bring God into it. <laughs> Doesn't it make a difference when God's here? When God's in your life? What can come against you that he cannot defeat? He is the God who is able to do much more than what you can figure out. <laughs> In fact, if you could figure God out, that'd mean God wasn't no bigger than your brain. Wouldn't that be a biggie? <laughs> Amen? He is able to supply. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8. The Bible says, And God is able to make, I love this, all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. You know, I just can't sing like that the girl sang up there on that stage. I, I can't preach. I, tell you, I just can't preach. I, tell you, I can't give like some folks can give. I tell you, I tell you. What can you do? Whatever He's gifted you to do, do it all for His honor and for His glory. You say, preacher, I can't do much, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to do for Him. Let Him bless you in that area. He's God. He's able to do this and supersede all that we ask. This is that verse of Scripture, Ephesians 3 and verse number 20. Now unto Him, that's my God, and He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. All that we can ask or think. Have any of y'all ever raised children? Oh, God's able to do more than that. Amen. According to the power that worketh in you. I got to hurry. Secondly, I want you to notice, if you will, not only the ability of God, but the enormity of God's provision. He is able to do much more than this. I'll just ask you a question. What do you believe in God for right now? Now, it may be that your life is just so wonderful that there's not a need in your life anywhere. But I don't live like that. In fact, what I have found is that God keeps me on an edge all the time. Where I've got to constantly, by faith, trust Him to step out and meet a need in my life that I don't even know the need's coming yet. He is a God who is able to look into the future, see what's there, not only prepare my future, but prepare me for my future. That's my God. In 1973, 
seemed like it was yesterday. I went to a skating rink over in Panama City, Florida. And uh, I was focused on the present. But God was, was focused on the future. And it was there in that skating rink that for the very first time I saw Linda. Whew. I can't remember exactly, but I may have prayed a prayer. God let that be the one. But God had already started working. A work that would result in the change of my life. A ministry. Two wonderful children. Three grand, fantastic grandchildren. And blessings I cannot number. I was asking for a date. God gave a destiny. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. He's got exceeding grace. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14, the Bible says, And by their prayer for you, which long after you, after the exceeding grace of God in you. He has exceeding power. Ephesians 1.19 And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power? He has exceeding blessings. Ephesians 1.7 In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. What is your need? He's the answer. Lastly, the reality of God's promise. It is true that Jesus promised difficulties in life. John 16, 33, the Word of God says, These things have I spoken to you that you may have peace. Listen, in this world you shall have tribulations. <laughs> I'm glad the sentence doesn't end there, aren't you? Because he says, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. In the same verse, he states that you're going to have difficulties. You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. And then he says, but don't you be worried about that. You can have peace because I've already defeated all the things that are going to come against you. But in order to receive the much more of God, you're going to have to put your faith in Him. You're going to have to trust in Him. Even when you can't see where you're going, you're going to still say, Lord, I know that you're guiding my steps. Your Word says you prepare the steps of a good man I'm your man prepare my steps and let God lead the way Acts chapter 3 <laughs> two disciples going up to the house of God to pray now that's what the Bible says I know what they're going up there doing they're up there soul winning they're looking for converts and as they're walking into the temple they're passing the gate beautiful there's no beggar laying there, laid there his whole life. All he knows is pity. Hoping that somebody's going to drop an alms, a gift offering in his little cup. And as he's always done, when the men of God came there, 
He asked for an alms. They could have given him a penny. But at that present time, they didn't have any change with them. It'd been that way. Oh, I'd have helped them, but I just didn't have anything less than a 50. So Peter looks at him and says, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he reached down and he took him by that old hand. Give me an arm. Give me an arm. Took him by that hand. And immediately strength came. He didn't ask for it. There was nothing in this beggar's mind that ever crossed there that thought he would even walk again. His life is begging. His life is to be laid here by the gate day after day after day hoping somebody would have pity. But when this man grabbed a hold of him, Things begin to happen in those old crooked, dried up legs. He began to, oh, this is good. And he lifted him up. And the word of God says, what was destiny has been transformed. He now goes into the temple. And he's leaping. And he's praising God. And he's having himself a fit. And they look at him and say, what's wrong with him? He's met the God of much more. This God will give you what you need. But he's able to do more than that. He is a God who raises up. And he's a God that's casting down people in this audience right here today you need salvation you don't need some preacher to tell you that the Holy Spirit of God John 16th chapter been commissioned by a holy God to go into this world and convict men of sin and you know that if you were to die this very moment you'd go to hell I talked to a man recently I said are you saved he said I'm going to be you have no promise of tomorrow you have no promise that the Holy Spirit of God will ever deal with your heart again. John six forty four. the Word of God says, No man can come to me unless the Father draws him. You have no guarantee that he'll ever speak to your heart again. You need to be saved. You need to come to him and have the blood of God crush, flood over you and remove you of all your sins. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He is a God of much more. And if you come to him this morning... And you get saved, He's going to give you a new life. He's going to give you a new personality. He's probably going to give you a new family because they're not going to act when you get there. He's going to give you a new destiny for eternity. Because He is a God of much more. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.